1: Welcome to another episode of the food code. We are on our way to Nashville, right? We now. We are on our way to Nashville right now. I decided to change all of my client check-ins to phone calls today because I get super effing nauseous when I try to do work in the car and I hate it because I'm in the, like we will go to we went to Michigan 4th of July weekend. We're driving to Nashville right now like eight hours of uninterrupted time to work would be amazing, but my body's like Nope. You're going <laughs> to sit here and feel super nauseous like you're about to throw up out the window if you try to read anything on your phone.
0: Oh my. It's
1: the worst. And Dramamine, yes, works, but like it makes me super tired. Are you always like that even when you're not pregnant? Mhm. Yeah. It's worse when I'm pregnant, obviously. It's like heightened.
0: It's the worst. Oh boy.
1: Um, but I was like that since a little kid. When you we used to go on long road trips cuz obviously like in the 90s you went on road trips, you didn't fly places. Yeah. Um, I used to lay down... <laughs> Also safety <laughs> I used to lay down In the back seat on Along the like Long ways With like a blanket And no, wearing no seat belts
0: Oh yeah um, We did the same thing We had yeah. the fold down seat Or we took out the seats In the center of the van And mm-hmm. we put an air mattress
1: Totally We used to put bean bags And yeah. we had one of those TVs that connected To the um, mm-hmm. The smoke thing The cigarette thing Yeah and would watch movies on this yeah. like little shitty TV, but yeah, no, I get super nauseous, which
0: sucks. But um, do you remember when they had like, those little DVD players that just came out and were so excited? They were like iPads mm-hmm. or like a uh, Mac. They were like thick, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and, and yes. We also had a phone that was like in the car, like one of those <laughs> really big phones. It was like an older van, <gasps> way back in the day. This was like early nineteen oh, like, 1990- ninety six maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, but I've always had horrible motion sickness. Mm. I hate it. Well, hopefully it's a smooth ride for us today. So (laughs) all right, we are going to be talking about how you should not be dieting year round. Guys, if you just finished a two-month diet where you starved
1: yourself and you took a week off, guess what? You shouldn't go back on another diet after a week, okay? Your body needs time to heal. And we're going to talk about that and how there are also times... That you do push, that you do get more disciplined, that you do maybe get more restrictive. And there are seasons for that. But guess what? Most of your year should be spent in maintenance. Yep. I don't care how big your goal is. I don't care if you want to lose 100 pounds and you want to get there as fast as possible. Guess what? You aren't going to do it in one shot.
0: Yeah. You've got to have times where you come out of it. You live in maintenance for a little take while. Breaks. Take breaks. Absolutely. And then go back into it. And we're not talking about like not being as adherent. We're talking about being intentional with the seasons of your dieting and, you know, setting some push goals and setting some times where, okay, this is my cut weeks. Like I know I am going to be strict. I'm going to really buckle down. And Mm -hmm. even though Jojo's birthday party is Saturday, I'm going to stick with my plan. Yep. Absolutely. This is huge guys. This is, and
1: you need to be ready for this. You can't just be like, "Mm, I feel kind of fat. I'm going to (laughs) diet. You need to be like, I am ready to put in the mental discipline needed to track and weigh all of my food, to get good sleep, to not put additional stressors on my body, to get my steps in, to get my water in, to be dedicated to this goal for weeks
0: at a time. Yeah. It's not going to be a two week thing. And you think that, you know, it's just supposed to be all fixed and you're done and you can go back to maintenance. No, that's not how it works. No, you go into it. (laughs) You come out of it at maintenance and you have a refeed week or two or three, depending upon how long you've been in these cuts. Yep. Right. But realistically, like even people who are dieting down for body composition shows or physique shows, right? Bikini competitions, they're not going longer than 12 to 16 weeks. No, they do a cut phase
1: for sure. Yeah. Because they know that your body will adapt, which Mm -hmm. is why you cannot do this for longer than 12 to 16 weeks, especially if you're doing a straight cut and you're Mm -hmm. not taking refeed days, you're not taking breaks. No one should honestly like. I don't really support straight cuts. I no. think that they're really really hard. They might serve a purpose in extreme situations, weightlifting meets where you have to make weight, stuff like that. But even then, those people get refeed days. Mm-hmm. They have they're very strategic and planned out for it. If you are following a template that's telling you to eat twelve hundred calories, and for the foreseeable future, because it's a template and there's no coach involved, run away. Yeah. Okay.
0: Or if it's something that you've had in the past, like I'll be transparent. We had some different meal plans or templates way back in the day when we first started the gym, right? Even when I was first nutrition coach like I was giving people that stuff because I thought that was I know the thing to do right because you wanted to give them fast results so they stick around but don't be like oh well I'll go dig that plan out from 2019 because that was what worked yeah that was what worked and even though I was miserable and haven't learned how to eat since then that's going to be the thing that I'll follow and
1: that was the first time you ever dieted so of course it worked because your body was primed (laughs) so guys understand too that even if you want to diet you might not be ready to diet. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that a number of times. That is what metabolic rehab is for. Yep. That is for getting your body prepared to diet successfully. It is the necessary first step because most of you out there that want to lose weight have been wanting to lose weight for a very long time and done a decent amount of damage and adaptation right. to your body that needs to be undone before your body can go back into losing weight.
0: And then you're coming to a coach or you're going online and buying a plan and you're already in this place where you're severely under eating, but you have a vacation coming up in three weeks. And so you think that you have to do more restriction or more output to try to inflict different results. That is not how your body works. You can fight it as much as you want, but I guarantee you, if you continue down this path, you're going to do more damage. You may even gain weight because your body will start holding on to anything and everything that it can because its job as we've talked about a million times on the podcast, is to keep you alive, right? It's survival. Survive. I need to survive and I need to thrive. And if I'm mm. only getting a thousand calories a day, I am going to do the most that I can do to be the efficient right? Absolutely. Like everything is going to downregulate essentially, um, to become more efficient. Yeah. And that is where we start to see negative biofeedback. So in our metabolic blueprint, which you can get in the show notes, we talk about this negative biofeedback, constipation, yeah. cold hands, cold feet, inability to lose weight, gaining weight maybe you're hungry or not hungry
1: ever constipated going to the bathroom once every three days like those things aren't normal guys and they're a sign that your body's not functioning very well and you need to do something about it like we can't just keep starving ourselves and the more extreme we take in terms of measures of dieting the faster your body's going to adapt negatively Mm -hmm. that's why Liz and I are so big on preaching moderate calorie deficits with refeed weeks so that you can diet for longer with less negative feedback and be able to do it and get to your goals probably quicker without as many setbacks because it's realistic.
0: Well, it's like our other podcast that we have about the case studies, right? And we talk about like giving yourself a year and you're taking diet breaks and you're enjoying it and you're doing things that are sustainable Mm -hmm. and you're listening to your body. So when your recovery from workouts are, You know, really, really poor, or you're not able to gain strength and you're feeling like crap, you listen to your body, you pull out of that deficit, you give your body the nourishment that it needs, and then you go back into that deficit in a couple of weeks. And that is how your body knows that it is safe to lose this weight. And so we want to prevent metabolic adaptation. That is the whole goal. No matter what program that you follow or what coach that you have worked with in the past, we are here to tell you the truth is. If you are metabolically adapted, there is no other place to go than restoring your body first. Okay. And then what we want to really dial in here today too, is that when you're ready to go into a cut, Mm -hmm. this is a time, this is a season of discipline. This is where you really buckle down. So you kind of have to do some preparation for this, right? Like not only internally and physiology, but, or sorry, metabolically, but you have to be prepared mentally. You have to know that, okay, These next 21 days, this is my plan and there's no deviations. Mm -hmm. I am pushing through this time, no matter how much I want that ice cream, no matter how much I want the bottle of wine, this is my time to get really strict because I have goals. And then I know at that, you know, three week mark, I get a maintenance restoration week or two. And that is when I can enjoy. And so, you know, working with a coach who's kind of periodizing your intake and your seasons of diet is important because this is also where we can talk to you about, Hey, what do you have coming up this summer? What do you have going on with your kids' schedules or vacations or things like that, that you want to be ready for? And then during those maintenance restoration weeks, not only are you bringing your metabolism back up, you're chasing homeostasis, you're feeling better. might have a little bit more energy, like play with your kids you can also get a little bit lax on tracking and not being as strict
1: yep and Liz and I are both huge proponents of lifestyle-based dieting of things that are sustainable for you but guys during these push goal weeks during these weeks where like we are in it in a cut and we are making that specific direct effort to drop body fat it's hard Mm -hmm. and we don't want it to be like Oh, well, it's a lifestyle, so enjoy what you want to enjoy. No, like, these are the weeks where you are dialed in. These mm-hmm. are the weeks where you are probably restricting versus moderating, mm-hmm. where you are abstaining from the alcohol mm-hmm. instead of including the glass or two of wine into your calories because your goals are very specific and you're very focused, like we talked about. And this is why it's not easy. Like, this is why Liz and I are very, very careful about who we put into cuts and make sure that they are ready because cuts aren't meant to be easy. You're gonna be hungry. You're probably gonna have a little less energy. You're gonna feel a little bit more restricted. And all of those are just part of the process when you are trying to cut weight. It is not rainbows and butterflies, you can eat cookies and whatever you want and see amazing results. Like (laughs) sure the flexible (laughs) dieting world (laughs) believes that and I love the flexible dieting methods. Yeah. But in a specific cut period you got to control what you can control and make sure
0: that your efforts are as direct as possible so that you see the results you want. Yeah. Well, and this is also necessary, especially if you have been dieting for a while and you've maybe hit a plateau or you're kind of stalled out and you want to lose that last 10 pounds. Like, As you get closer and closer to your goal, it gets harder. Like, Our bodies are not meant to have visible abs (laughs) our bodies Mm -hmm. store body fat for survival okay and so that's why it is extremely hard to get lean there was a uh, post that i saw the other day that i thought was really really good around what it takes to get visible abs becca knows she's been there and i mean you obviously (laughs) sucks You had a coach that was really taking you to some extreme measures. Yeah. You know, I think maybe if you didn't have, if you had a different coach that didn't use such extreme, yeah. it might have been a little bit different as far as like your hormones and the, all the negative feedback. Totally. But.
1: And like my goal during that time was performance, but in my mind, I thought I should look the part of being super freaking lean. And so I would tell my coaches all the time, I was like, I just want to lose some more weight. I just want to be leaner. I feel like I need to be leaner. And given I was a bigger CrossFit athlete, I it helped to be smaller for my height because of gymnastics movements um, and just like performance wise. But it got to a place where it was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It was extremely unhealthy. I didn't recognize it at the time because I was in it so deep. But mm-hmm. like you guys, for me to have visible abs, I was 9% body fat. It's crazy. Some people have visible abs at 17% body fat. It's totally dependent and genetic. i mm, would say it's very okay. genetic. Even when I was that small and that low body fat, I didn't have visible abs unless I was like working out and there was a picture taken of me. It wasn't like walking around. You could see my abs. I had to be flexing. I had to be probably a little dehydrated from the workout. Like, so please understand having visible abs is not normal. It is likely genetic and it is
0: not something that you should aspire to. You need to chase health first. Aesthetics will come, but... At what cost? And that's what you have to ask yourself. So, when we look at the triangle of awareness, we want to look at all of these goals individually. (laughs) Is my goal longevity? Is my goal aesthetics? Or is my goal performance? Because you are going to eat very differently for all three of those goals. And so, that is important to also understand when you are dieting, when you are chasing these goals, what is like the underlying why because you can't have all three
1: can't do it it's you guys you have to I know we want it all I get it like and I still struggle with this mentally a lot of times I want to be lean I want to be able to enjoy my life I want to be able to be strong and perform well but it just loses focus yeah it's like you want to be good at basketball but you always want to be good at soccer but you also want to be good at baseball I'm sorry. Snows. You aren't going to be good at all of them. And like, you're, Michael you're, Jordan was a perfect example of this. Just stick with basketball. You're an amazing, phenomenal athlete, and you probably could have done well in baseball if you focused on baseball. But you, Same thing with dieting, guys. You have to create focus around the thing that is most important to you, and you have
0: to be clear with what that is. And that can change, too. Totally. right? Like, in the totally. season that you were in, okay, performance was the goal. A lot of people... Look at different athletes, and some of them are just genetically gifted, but some of them work very, very hard to have the aesthetics that they do. They go through different seasons. So, in their off season of, let's say, like a CrossFit athlete, right? Like after the games, someone might focus more on aesthetics than they would performance because they're not training for the games anymore. In the same light, they may just take a diet break and focus on longevity and recovery, fueling your body with good quality foods, not eating inflammatory foods, letting your body de-stress from all of the you know, impact that it's had and the stress that it's had during this time of training intensely and competing. So you know your goals can change over time, but you can't have it all all at once. No. You can't be like, well, I want to live till I'm 98. I want to have six pack and I want to be able to outrun my grandma. Like, that just doesn't happen.
1: You guys, hopefully you can outrun your grandma. Maybe not like you saying both though i
0: don't know <laughs> i don't know where i'll run your grandma came from but you know uh, what i mean like you can't no, be I the totally best really everything. yeah i'm just
1: giving you a hard time but anyways guys this is what we want you to think about because i think a lot of times people are they become upset and they get frustrated because they have unrealistic expectations for their realities you need to be in line with what you expect and what your reality is if you think that you should have six-pack abs Are you willing to do what it takes to get to sick packs abs? Are you willing to sacrifice drinking alcohol? Are you willing to sacrifice staying out late with friends? Are you willing to sacrifice having a lifestyle Mm -hmm. to get there? Because guess what? You do. You have to sacrifice all of those things, I promise you. And you might still not get there because it might just not be in the cards for you and your body, (laughs) okay? So it's being realistic with yourself. And I'm sorry, but those are like harsh truths. Yeah. They, they are what people will not tell you because they want your money. But they want to tell sell you, you the
0: products so that's going to get you the app. Totally.
1: I want to be real with you. Like I want to be on your team, but also keep it real. Mm-hmm. Because that is what Liz and I are about. Like, Believe me, we've lived the lives. I know we're only in our 30s, but we've been through some shit. Okay, And we've learned from it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we've gone to the fat-free, the <laughs> carb-free, Adkins detoxes oh my god jenny craig weight watchers <laughs> i don't even know what are those little wrap it up things oh hydroxy the- cut i never did the wraps that was I such a waste of money i did though i dropped 99 dollars on three wraps what
1: the do actual- you know what i bought after carson <laughs> i am so ashamed to admit this i bought a waist trainer guys i bought a waist trainer and i wore it and i'll be honest It probably made, like, slight changes immediately after I took it off. But, like, they went back to, you know, like, your body shifts back to what it should be at. It was the most uncomfortable effing thing I have ever worn in my entire life.
0: Beauty is, man, it's... a uncomfortable. I was in
1: a desperate place after Carson. Okay. Yeah. I will be better. No, I time. mean, I've heard of, <laughs> I've
0: heard of people saying like postpartum yep. to wear like the stomach racks more so just to like support all yeah, the internal. Totally. Like, I mean, for me after my C-section, I loved that compression wrap because mm-hmm. I mean, that was like a lot of trauma yep. cutting through all of that stuff. But I know what you're saying. Like, you thought that it was going to help you lose the baby weight. I I've on...
1: never had a waist either. So I don't know why I all of a sudden thought that, like, a waist trainer was going to give me one. I've always been, like, very athletic, boyish type, no curves. Um, but, yeah, don't buy waist trainers. It was, like, $100, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. they. It's insane how much money – I mean, so – if I think there's two categories in life where there's like a 40% markup on anything. Okay. Number one is weddings and number two is pregnancy. So like if you look on Amazon and you might put it like waist trainer for workout or something and it would be like $40 at the moment that you put like postpartum, it's like $125. So, ridiculous. <laughs> so I think like two categories here but that's not the point of this podcast. The <laughs> point of this podcast was that you shouldn't be dieting for longer than 3 or 4 months. So we've talked about it enough here that you should understand you should go in and out of these seasons of discipline and really dialing down and then coming back out for maintenance restoration weeks and refeeds and you know if you have questions and you need answers you know schedule a call with us, work with a coach, but the thing is is you need to live your life more at maintenance than at not. So I would even say like 70, 75% of your year should be spent at maintenance and 25 to 30% can be spent in these seasons of discipline and really buckling down. But more than that, you're kind of running risk of this metabolic adaptation. So make sure you download that metabolic blueprint. If you are feeling any of those symptoms that we talked about and that negative biofeedback, and we hope you guys have a great day. Thank you for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to help educate you and improve your life. If you've enjoyed this, please take a screenshot